Bequan, cut the music. We are back. Episode 13. No longer Higgs inside. Hallinan's on a boat or working somewhere. We aren't really sure. Teacher during the summer, so you know he's got a lot of work. <laughs> so we're going to start here with breaking news. Uh, a little bit of a rant here. Our first one ever. We are talking sticky balls and not just because it's summer. No, this is not a Duluth Trading Co. sponsorship opportunity for us, but it very well could be if you guys are listening for whatever reason. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to start today by going in a little bit on Rob Manfred. Uh, we've known for a while that people have been using pitchers specifically for the entirety of baseball have been using foreign substances to influence the ball. You have the spitball from way back in the day, and now you've got spider tack, you have sunscreen and rose, and you have all these different combinations. So if this past week, if you somehow have not heard already, Manfred and the league office said, you know what, we are officially going to be doing what we were talking about in the memo in the middle of the season. We're going to be officially banning and acting on our ban of all foreign substances to be used on baseballs. Let me be very clear when I say this. I do not have an issue with the removal of these foreign substances. What I do have an issue with is the timing of which they're doing this. It is the middle of the season. You've known this has existed. Trevor Bauer started doing this four years ago to prove a point. He said all the guys in Houston are doing it. All the guys around the league are doing this. Why is this still going on? They didn't listen to him. Can't blame him. He's a little bit of a loud mouth. But you knew this was going on, and yet you chose in the middle of the season for this to happen. Not because you truly cared about, oh, you know, we don't want pitchers to have an unfair advantage, but if you don't deaden the ball this season, like we saw, no one would care. This has been going on the last four or five years. And the only reason it's happening right now is because you deadened the ball. Pitchers got way too much of an advantage because once again, the league office screwed something up. you got to do a major, major change like this before the season, in my opinion. And I'm very hopeful it won't lead to more injuries. Do I think that's the reason Tyler Glass now got hurt single-handedly? No. Do I think it contributed to it? Absolutely. Pitching is a very, very fine art. A lot of mechanics there. If you change one of those mechanics, whether or not it's cheating, you know, it's wrong, obviously. But if you change one of those mechanics, it's going to lead to something getting messed up. So just wanted to go in a little bit on Manfred there. If you guys want to add anything there, I just, I can't believe such a change will be made in the middle of the season versus before the season when they already knew it was an issue. It's just kind of unprecedented that, like any league, that there's just a rule being implemented in the middle of the season. You kind of nailed everything else on the head. Um, I mean, nobody's expecting Manfred to make reasonable decisions. He hasn't since he's been the commissioner. So uh, I agree with you, Aids. I think it's stupid. Manfred continues to kind of ruin baseball. Obviously, foreign substances are illegal, but like we've been using them for so long. I don't really get the point of banning it mid-season, like, what's that going to solve? Yeah, it's it, – it really is nuts. Um, and my biggest thing, too, like, I agree it is it is wrong overall to use them, and pitchers do have an advantage. But I guarantee you, if they did not change any of these, there would be nothing else uh, – there would be nothing going on. So that should be the uh, the end of our rants here unless you know we'll get Schultz going on the bucks later I'm sure uh, as of today they are not eliminated yet we are here uh, 617 so they play tonight in a few hours here um, but we're, we're gonna stick with the baseball tar- talk a little bit just talk you know award picks here um, stuff like that we'll have basketball obviously later because that's, that's the best sport out there right now so let's uh, let's get into some baseball here. Yeah, 
baseball is fun to watch. I'm glad Hallen is not here so we can kind of have an in-depth conversation about baseball because his input is the Yankees are good. And I don't, do you think he knows where the Yankees are in the standings right now? My guess no is not. Chance. <laughs> I bet if he looked and he saw the Mets were in first place and the Yankees weren't, he'd probably be a Mets fan instead. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys thinking? I think there's a lot of really interesting races going on uh, within divisions here. I think the most surprising one for me personally has been that uh, the West, just that it's a three-team race still, not a two-team race. I think the fact that the Giants are still holding their own, we're almost, we're almost halfway through the season and the Giants are still in first place. I think that's got to be not the biggest talking point, but one of the biggest talking points in the MLB this year is just how good the Giants have been. Uh, I don't see a reason why they should be as good as they are. They have some good pieces, but they overall they have a lot of guys really overperforming like Gosman and then Rogers in their bullpen has been awesome. Um, but with that NL West, the fact that they're still in first with the Dodgers and the Padres, I'm really impressed with that. I don't know what you guys think about the West and how like the outlook in the future is, but I just think the West in general, the NL West is by far the most compelling uh, division in baseball right now. Yeah, I, I'm definitely surprised by the Giants as well. Um, you look at that division and you kind of thought it was going to be a two-headed race with the Padres and the Dodgers. I really hope that the Giants eventually kind of fall off because I know that two teams in the NL Central will probably be uh, worthy of having one of those wild cards. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely been surprising. Like, just looking at their roster, like, they don't really have any stars. They've they've guys that have been on World Series teams, but they're all, like, old, and they're still performing. So, that's been good for them. We'll see if they can hold it up. But I've been really excited about the NL Central. I mean, as a Cubs fan, that's what I watch the most. But, um, I mean, the Cardinals were in first place, like, last week, and now they're in fourth. Um, and there's four teams within three games. I think that's going to come down to the wire. I think a couple of the teams will eventually separate themselves, but at this point I can't really tell which two out of the four teams that's going to be. It seems like all four of these teams hit hot streaks and then go cold for a while and then sweep a division rival, and it just it's a cycle that has not – ended at all this season and another one that I've been surprised with is the NL East I really thought Atlanta was going to be really good this year Um, they do have some pitchers that have been hurt but I mean Soroka's been out all year Um, but I think they'll eventually make a push I I don't know I thought it'd be a lot closer than it is there's still Every team's within 10 games, and there's plenty of ball left to play. But I thought, like, the Mets, Phillies, Braves, and Nationals all would be I – th- like, I thought it would be like the NL Central where they're all right there. Um, it may just be kind of a bad timing in the year where some teams are cold and others are hot. But um, I, I think it's – there's a bigger separation than I was expecting. And um, – I mean, the AL, uh, I guess I'll pass that off to Aiden. He's a fan of the AL, so. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about the – I'll probably go through each of them here. NL West, I'm most surprised by how bad the Diamondbacks are. 
Uh, that is a very talented team. I understand they've dealt with injuries here or there, but they've lost 13 games in a row here and are 9-30 and 30 on the road. Surprisingly, the Colorado Rockies are not last in that division. Um, so they've been pretty frustrating. Central going about as I expected. Cards aren't doing as hot as I thought they'd be. Uh, Brewers really uh, roared back here. Uh, NL East, Mets are good. Knew that. I'm more so in the East. I'm more so disappointed in the Braves than the Nationals. Uh, Phillies, I think, are slightly underachieving. I was not expecting Zach Wheeler in that rotation to be so good this year. Um, but they haven't. They've been probably the best rot- – I'm going to say the best rotation in the NL East. Of course, the Mets are getting huge contributions from everyone. I'm not going to name DeGrom here, but, you know, you have Walker there too, who has been an absolute stud for them. Uh, my most surprising, though, I'll go with the AL West. Um, I am – that's going to get very close coming up here with, of course, the A's right now as of this pod are up two and a half games on the Astros, up nine on the Mariners and Angels. And then the Rangers, after their hot start, are 17 games back. There's a lot of talent in that division. Um, and I feel as if with the Angels specifically, they're six and four in their last 10 right now. This is going to get very interesting down the line. Of course, the Seattle Mariners, too. They're a young up and coming team. I don't think they'll go for it this year, but a team like the Angels, they don't have, you know, they got Joe Adele in the farm system. There isn't as much for them to work with going forward. They have a lot of the pieces now. They just need the pitching. So that's going to get really, really interesting to me. The Twins, horrible, huge sellers at the, great sellers at the deadline though. So that's going to be cool for them. Um, And then in the East too, uh, Rays just wrapped cool up a series. For them. Nobody yeah. says it's cool for them to be a yeah. seller. No, it's awesome. They get, they get a it's like, oh, it's so cool. I get to yeah. blow up my entire team. I mean, it's fun to do on... <laughs> I'm Jack fun, Becker, my yeah. goddamn. It's fun to do on video games and stuff, so you never know. Yeah. Um, but in the AL, though, I think the two top teams are going to end up being either the Rays or the Red Sox and the White Sox. I don't think it's... I don't think the two top teams will both be in the AL East. I think it's one or the other. Uh, Rays, of course huge huge loss of Tyler Glass now he's probably gonna end up getting Tommy John that's my prediction but great farm system there they will make a trade I'm gonna put out this prediction I think Kyle Gibson will be a Ray by the end of July or whenever the trade deadline is from the Rangers Uh, a lot of prospects that the Rays can move I think Bruhan or Xavier Edwards are the two most likely to go so that would be pretty cool to be able to get that right-handed pitcher but their rotation right now is Four lefties and Michael Waka. That is not – that's not good against – that's not going to get it done against the Chicago White Sox or even the Yankees as bad as their bats have been. <laughs> you don't want to throw lefties at the Yankees. That is a lineup that is dominated by righties. Of course, at this point, you could probably throw anything at them and it might work. But it's it's going to be interesting. That White Sox team too, it's scary because the more injured they get, the better that they get. I'm convinced – with whatever is going on in guaranteed rate park. I'm pretty sure that's the park name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever's going on there, they could field a double a team and they'd still probably be first <laughs> in the central. Um, they've been nuts though. So let's, uh, let's transition here then into kind of awards. We can talk about our predictions here too. Uh, we'll start rookie of the year, both leagues. Who do y'all got right now? And is it surprising? Uh, we were kind of talking this about this before, but I think, AL, it's pretty much a guarantee. Not a guarantee, but Adelise Garcia is by far the favorite right now. He's just He's been a stud all season. 
he's 28 years old. So it's kind of an old rookie of the year. But uh, the only other one that we were kind of discussing is a Rosarina, right? Yep. And I don't think his numbers have allowed him to surpass Adelise at any point. I don't – maybe Adelise's numbers aren't as sustainable just because we know kind of what Randy can do. Wow, voice crack. Uh, we know what Randy can do. He's been doing it for that half – like that modified season last year. So, uh, I think as of right now, if the season ended today, it's Garcia. But I could see a Rosarina making that run just because we kind of know what we're going to get from him, whereas Adelise is kind of an unknown commodity at this point just because – uh, he's 20. He obviously hasn't been doing this his entire career, so who knows? And then the NL is completely wide open for for me. I think just because it is so wide open, we're going to see Rogers, uh, Trevor Rogers. Yep. There's so many Rogers. Trevor yep, yep. Rogers for the Marlins. I remember I watched him pitch. I think it was the second game of the season against the Brewers. He was lights out. I think it was. I think it was Rogers versus Burns. I think that was the matchup, and I was like, okay, this should be an easy one. They got a rookie pitcher up. And he just – he dominated the Brewers. He looked amazing. Granted, the Brewers hitting is absolutely atrocious for most of the season, except for, like, last week when we somehow scored, like, 18 runs in three games. But besides that, we've been pretty average at offense. Um, but, yeah, I think Rodgers is definitely the favorite. I'm trying to think who would even be second in this. Uh, do you guys have any – who are some of the other runners? So, up? you got you got Chiseled there. Uh, Ian Anderson. Oh, yeah. I, I, I said Jazz earlier, too. Yeah. I like Jazz. I think if he's healthy for the rest of the season, he's got a great chance. Just because I feel like the MLB wants to give it to a, a field player. I think that's usually kind of like the MO for that type of thing, even though they did give it to Devin Williams, which was – I mean, he deserved it, no yeah. doubt. But it was a little questionable just because there were some good uh, offensive rookies on you – know, Dylan Carlson year. is also still a rookie, too. Yeah. So, there's – there's a few names there. Also, just real quick on that Marlins rotation. Their rotation is nasty. They've yeah, had Cisto's like, back. Oh my gosh. Like their top three right now is Alcantara, Rogers, and Pablo Lopez. And they've all got, I believe, sub three ERAs right now. I don't so, know if Alcantara does, but so Alcantara's at three oh nine right now. Uh so it's yeah. three oh nine for him, one point nine eight for Rogers, and then three point one two. So they're all hovering at the very worst like their worst ERA in their top three is three one two. That's pretty damn good. And that's without Sisto Sanchez. Yep. Exactly. Is yeah, it their bullpen that's the issue? I don't get why they're not better yeah. than they are. Bullpen's not good. Uh batting wise too, they have individual pieces, but it's it's a weird it's a weird structure. I would say too. bullpen's been Marte's their largest been issue. Yeah, Marte's been out. Aguilar's been a stud this year too. Uh, that's I been love really Jesus. cool to see. I'm so upset. I don't think there's a single yeah, dude in the league gone. that doesn't like him. Like it's, he's just he's awesome. Yeah, he's I'm glad big, his come up was with guy. Milwaukee. So I have like a I have a big reason to like him. He was just he was so fun to watch that year. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Kylie? I cut you off. Uh, another guy I wanted to mention for the NL Rookie of the Year race was Adbert Alzali, uh for the Cubs. He's been the most consistent pitcher for them all year. He got a little banged up in his last start, and that was a bad outing for him. He let up like four runs in three innings, so that skewed the ERA a little bit. But he's been under a one whip the whole year. Um, he doesn't. He's not a big strikeout guy, but he keeps people off base. Um, kind of pitch to contact like 
uh, Kyle Hendricks is, but he's been actually better than him this year. Yep. And for some reason, the Cubs pitching staff has like the starters have not been good, but like the bullpen has been really good for some reason, which no one was expecting. I don't think. Um, so that was just another name I wanted to mention for the NL. I think the AL is pretty much a two-headed race right now. So, yep. And it's kind of funny too with the Cubs. They've kind of outperformed their initial plan because this year was supposed to be a rebuild year, and then mm-hmm. their guys that they were planning on trading away ended up playing way too well. Yep. to justify trading them away. Chris Bryant. Yeah, specifically Chris <laughs> Bryant. And they can trade him whenever they want. Right, I'm but down. at this point, he's too... <laughs> no, he's I'm, too, I'm just yeah. saying, get him out of the fucking central. I, I agree. I, don't want him there. <laughs> I think you got it here. Um, in the AL, too, uh, I think it's at least his defense is nasty as well. Um, at least and Randy between those two, but shout out Yerman Mercedes for his hot start. That's kind of come and gone. Uh don't know how the White Sox have so many catchers either. That's kind of crazy to me how they can have three MLB quality catchers on the same roster. Helps uh, to have a DH. Helps definitely helps to have a DH. Um, speaking of catchers, I'll go off on a little tiny tangent here. Yes, Manny Grandal is having like the coolest season. I, I was just yeah, talking about this yesterday. <laughs> that I have ever seen. He's batting like 165 right now, and he's going to be an all-star. What, what's his – OBP, it's like yeah. 400. Is it still 400? He's like uh, right. It's 10. like hovering around it. It's so ridiculous. So he's batting 152. With tw- he has 21 hits this season. 10 of them are home runs, <laughs> and a 387 on base percentage. We are. I, I don't think we're. We're not going to see another season like this. I don't think. It's, it like it, it's just ridiculous to me that you can bat that poorly, the on-base is that good, yet you're still so dangerous of a hitter batting 157. Like, that's absolutely crazy. Also, we'll have reactions to that, too, later on when it gets closer. I don't want to talk about the whole voting thing. Uh, Let's go to, I guess, what are we missing? Cy Young and then MVP, right? Yeah, let's Uh, let's do Cy Young first. Let's get into that one. Not to toot my own horn, but if DeGrom doesn't pitch the rest of the season – my prediction's looking pretty good with Brandon Woodruff with that 1.42 ERA. Uh, Gosman and him are – so, I mean, NL, if DeGrom pitches the rest of the season, he's the Cy Young. I think we can all kind of agree on that. Yep. So, I kind of just want to talk about the two other dudes that – I guess there's a few more than two. But Gosman and Woodruff are probably the number, like, 1A and 1B uh, when it comes to guys not named Jacob DeGrom for the Cy Young. Um I think it's going to boil down to they're going to have really similar stats, uh, assuming they continue this kind of stretch that they have. So I think it's going to boil down to more of that wins, uh, just that win column, which is a really bad way to measure uh, pitching. But I think when two guys are this close, it kind of does help. And I think that's going to kind of hurt Brandon Woodruff. He's been on some bad sides of run support for the Brewers this season. Um, but like I said, it's DeGrom's to lose, and the only way he loses it is if he gets if he doesn't play enough games. And then in the AL, it's going to be Garrett Cole, more than likely. And I honestly think it should there should be more of a discussion on who it should be than like it's Garrett Cole. Yeah. But I think it's just leading up to the fact that it's Garrett Cole and like he's got that name recognition now. It's kinda of like DeGrom. Obviously DeGrom is having an amazing season, but if he was like if he was pitching like Let's say the same. Let, let's see what's Woodruff's. Woodruff's ERA is 1.42 right now. Let's say DeGrom had the same ERA. DeGrom's winning that no matter what. You know, like it's just the name recognition. DeGrom's probably going to win that. 
Uh, and I think that's kind of the similar thing with that we're seeing with Garrett Cole. Obviously, Garrett Cole is a phenomenal pitcher, but I think there are some other guys in the NL that are definitely deserving. I think one guy that I'm going to mention right off the bat is Lance Lynn. I think he's been having a great season. Um, he's yep. the best pitcher on the best team in the MLB right now. Uh, John Means has had a great season. There's another um, guy on that team, Kyle too. Gibson. Carlos Rodon. Um, oh, yeah, Rodon. I mean, you could name half the, half the staff. Yeah. For the fucking White Sox, the White Sox have the best pitching in the MLB right now. All right, uh, top to bottom, and then Shane Bieber. Yeah, yeah. Shane Bieber, he's ERA down a little bit, but his strikeout numbers are just insane. There's yeah. so many guys that like. I think that the race should be a lot more wide open than it seems to be, just with betting odds and things. Like, I don't see why Garrett Cole is number one when Lance Lynn has a 1.51 ERA, but that's just me. And I, I think the reason saying? Cole is kind of so dominant at this point is because of how bad the Yankees' bats have been. It's it's kind of like that Zagram effect of like, this guy's clearly special, but it's like, holy shit, give him some help. He's so dominant. He's able to do so much here. Um, really sad Glass now got hurt because I would have really liked his chances to take it too with how he was throwing. Um, but I'm going to say Lynn. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Leonard Rodon, one of those White Sox guys, finishes with it. Uh, we'll see how Cole Cole was still dominant last night when he threw, but the strikeout numbers weren't. I think he struck out like five, but he still got through eight innings, so it didn't it didn't matter. He just simply shifted his stuff away from strikeouts into fly balls and groundouts and stuff like that. Um, NL side, Degrom. I need Degrom to win everything. Uh, at this point, like that dude, I want him to stay healthy so bad. We're not going to see another pitching season like this again, I don't think. So take it in while you still can. Um, NL, though, I think the NL one's definitely a lot more interesting and has been given a lot more time of day, too, for for that type of thing. I got to see who the odds-on favorite is for the NL right now. So that's the American. NL Cy Young? Yeah, NL Cy Young. All right, so NL Cy It's got to be DeGrom. NL Cy Young right now is DeGrom, minus 240. Corbin Burns is plus 775. Then it's Woodruff, plus 850, followed up by Hugh Darvish and Kevin Gosman. I think Hugh's done at this point. I don't think Corbin Burns. I think Corbin Burns, is, he's, no, it's not going to be Corbin Burns. Woodruff is the number one in that both, or in that pitching staff by a lot. Yeah. I watch every game right now. I'm a I lot more confident that. when Brandon Woodruff is pitching than I am Corbin, Corbin Burns. Burns. Yeah. Corbin Burns can have a stinker. I love Corbin Burns, but I'd rather have Woodruff on the mound if I need to win one game. Right. Assuming that the Brewers give him some fucking runs, which usually does not happen. Yeah. So it goes. Kylie, what say you? Uh, I think you guys have mentioned kind of the main guys in the race. I definitely think Shane Bieber has a chance in the AL um, with kind of just how open it is. And Garrett Cole's been really good, but he hasn't been exactly dominant like DeGrom has, um, where he's kind of pulling away. He just can't stay healthy. Um, I think – I mean, Bieber leads the league in strikeouts, I believe, at least last time I checked. He's been hurt, so he's missed a couple starts. But I think when he comes back, if he can kind of get that ERA down, he'll be back up in the race. Uh, he's a strikeout machine. But I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on this race with the new implementation of the – uh, sticky ball rule uh, kind of seeing how different guys react to it and how they like the results will change I think 
there's still a lot of season left and maybe some of the guys that aren't necessarily like dominant pitchers like aces will begin to maybe I don't know look better compared to the others because of the sticky stuff I don't know it it it's definitely no one really knows because pretty much people like no one really knows who's been using it but people assume most people have been using it so we'll see kind of uh how that shifts the race because i think it's definitely going to be an adjustment for people yeah i think it's going to be you got to look at the guys that have had like a huge increase in spin rate yes uh, i don't know who those guys are off the top of my head um i know Coburn burns came into the mlb high spin rate so that spin rate is has always been a thing for him so if i had to guess i'd say he's maybe not using it just because it's been consistent throughout his entire career. But then there's guys, oh shit, I've Garrett Cole. I read an article. Not, Garrett, Garrett Cole, Cole and Bauer have had Cole, the biggest yeah, increase. Bauer, and Bauer is very obvious. Like he yeah. says that he does it. So like, that's like guys yeah. that like, you just look at that. I think those are going to be the guys that are affected the most. So mm-hmm. I think spin rate's the biggest thing that you got to look at when you're determining who's going to get, who's going to regress a lot. And that that's a crazy thing too with DeGrom is that, there's never been that big jump with him. It's just always mm-hmm. been a consistent kind of thing. Another one too to mention, you Darvish as well, uh, did see that pretty big spinning. I mean, he's been balling this year kind of out of nowhere. And then it, it's, it's, did he? I don't. He was second last year. Who won it in the second? Bauer, was a, behind Bauer. Bauer. Yeah, that's right. But it, it's interesting though to see like, to monitor this because we're only a few days into the rule here too so we'll see how it uh it does mm-hmm. going forward so enough about sticky balls on to the mvp we'll do american league first these races are i would say the most fun to talk about i guess just because there's oh, yeah. so many good candidates you could really choose for either of these so we'll do let's do american league first who do we got right now I think it's Vlad right now, but I really want Otani to win. Yes. I just think like, That's the boy. like he's just so cool, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I honestly, I think Vlad should win at this point. If you just look at his stats, they're insane. But Otani is just so like, he's such a cool player. And I think like just the fact that he's putting up great numbers, pitching and yeah. hitting alone should like merit the MVP in my opinion. But I think Vlad from a purely hitting standpoint I don't see why he doesn't get it. I think if it comes – I think if they both keep it up for the rest of the year, um, I think it will come down to whether the voters look at purely stats or kind of just, like, thinking. Like, Otani is, like, one of the home run leaders right now, and he's has around, like, a sub-3 ERA. Like, no one else is even close to being able to do that. And he's – I mean, he's some special, and I think if you're a voter, you kind of got to consider that. Like, he's doing really good from two completely different uh, ways of the game, and his numbers may not be as great as Vlad's, but, I mean, he's doing both. So, uh, I think his pitching could fall off. I think his hitting will continue to be good, but – He's not necessarily an average guy, but when he hits a home run, it's a beautiful sight. Oh, my Lord. 
And he can move too. Like for as yeah. big as he is, he can move. So can Vlad though. Vlad's also been super quick. I think regardless of who wins it, the loser is going to be the one of the biggest snubs in yeah. MLB history. Because realistically, they're both very well deserving of it. I am leaning towards Vlad at this point, though, uh, just because of how insane the hitting is. The second Vlad cools off, though, if, I mean, shoot, we're 60, 70 games into the season. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't because it's awesome watching him work, too. But Otani, I think, will have an easier time taking that spot and holding it than Vlad would should he lose it just because Otani's got twice as much of an opportunity pitching and hitting. Mm -hmm. National League time. Speaking of pitching and hitting, uh, I'll start with my pick. I'm going to Grom again. With his ERA being so low, this is assuming he's able to pitch again. Uh, he will he will continue to dominate here, get some RBIs here or there, assuming that they let him actually swing the bat instead of just standing there and taking them. Uh, but I'm leaning to Grom here, but at the same point, wouldn't hate if it went to Tatis. I think it's more than just a DeGrom Tatis. I think Acuna can definitely be considered a guy. Yeah. And I also, we got to shout, I don't want to, but we have to shout out Winker and yeah. uh, Castellanos. More so Winker. Winker yes. is like, if you look at his stats, 343 with 17 home runs, 41 RBIs. He's got an outside shot at the Triple Crown. Probably not going to happen, but uh, just from the home runs and RBI standpoint. But that dude's, He's – I don't see why he doesn't at least finish top three in that voting. He's been unbelievable this season. But I think Tatis is – like, every time you think he's cooling down a little bit, he just goes on, like, a three-home run streak. Uh, and I would love watching Fernando Tatis play. His defense is not that great yet. But I think Tatis gets my vote at the moment. But I think Winker – I think it's a lot closer than I yeah. initially thought. Because Winker and Acuna – uh, those two in particular, I think, are pretty similar players uh, stat-wise. But one other thing that I want to mention before I pass it off to Kylie, Tatis has played 52 games compared yeah. to Acuna 61 and Winker 59. And Tatis is leading the MLB in home runs – or uh, the NL in home runs and, that, and RBIs, I think. Is it RBIs too? No, he's not. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me fact-check. Yeah, Aguilar is one more. Uh, but regardless, I think Tatis, I think it's Tatis is to lose right now, but I wouldn't be upset if Winker got it. I wouldn't be upset if Cunha got it. Wouldn't be upset if DeGrom got it, assuming he still has that sub, like one five, like we were talking about this earlier. I think one five, I think it should be DeGrom's. Anything above that, I think, assuming Tatis and Acuna and Winker have similar stats to what they have at the midway point at the end of the season, I don't see why they don't. Uh, just give it to one of those guys because DeGrom's winning the Cy Young, so you might as well spread the wealth, you know? Yep. Yeah, I think you're spot on with all those guys you mentioned. I think another name to consider, I don't think he's necessarily up there right now, but he's been hanging around is Chris Bryant. Um, he's mm -hmm. won MVP in the past, and he's kind of returned to that form, and he's also in a contract year, so it's usually when people perform. Um He's solid. I think if one of the – like, the guys above him are younger and more inexperienced. Uh, so that'll be something to consider. But I don't think he's necessarily up there. I'd say he's probably fifth or sixth right now. Um, but I think definitely one of the Reds, uh, whoever can sustain that success, will be probably top three for sure. I can agree with that. Uh, my biggest thing, too, with Acuna, I need the Braves to do a little bit better.
before. I, I think the team not being successful will certainly hurt him. But then again, you know, the Padres are in a tiny bit of a skid right now too. So enough about baseball, unless we have any uh, last calls here. If not, we'll go to the heart of the playoffs here, NBA. For me personally, these have been my favorite playoffs that I've ever watched. It seems as if every series has at least been entertaining at the very least. You don't have those stomps necessarily that you would see where it's like the one seed is just so, so dominant compared to the eight seed that it's not even entertaining whatsoever. So uh, everyone got fired. Every superstar (laughs) in the league got hurt too, which Uh I don't know why that surprises anyone, frankly, given the short off season and the condensed schedule. But uh, we kind of made our bet and here we are entering game sixes all across the board. Yeah, it's definitely been a fun series or I guess playoffs. Um, You can say that for any of them, honestly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think with all these injuries, it makes it way more wide open as well, which is really exciting for kind of the pedestrian basketball fan, Um, especially if if your team's not in it, like me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's every game's been exciting. and there's been like a lot of surprises, like even the Hawks last night, I thought they were done. I turned off the game and they end up winning. Uh, you know, I think it's wide open, especially like the Nets are kind of like a favorite for sure, but they can't stay healthy. I mean, no one's staying healthy. So I guess, but like they've got more opportunity with all the stars they have. If like Kyrie gets hurt or, I mean, they just need at least two of them to kind of ride it out. But I think it's wide open. I really thought it was the Jazz's um, kind of to take uh, with Chris Paul getting COVID because, I don't know, I'm all over the place right now. It's been really exciting. Uh, I mean, that COVID with Chris Paul is just so unlucky. That dude can't buy a break. But they've looked so dominant. Uh, we'll see when kind of he comes back. It'll help the further that the Jazz Clippers series goes because that just gives him more time to come back. Um, Luckily, it's not necessarily an injury, even though he has been banged up. So once he's out of protocol, he'll be able to come back. But, yeah, I think it's wide open. I would love to see the Hawks win this series. I hate the 76ers. Joel Embiid's super annoying, and Ben Simmons just is a brick central. Like, I just don't – like, yeah, he can do it all except shoot, but, like, I just don't understand how an NBA player can be that bad at shooting. Like, you've played basketball your whole life. Like, figure it out, dude. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from yesterday is that Ben Simmons cannot be a number two on a championship team. Um. You can't go that quiet in the playoffs uh, at any point. I'm not saying that the Bucks have a number two in Chris Middleton that can win the championship or Drew Holiday for that matter, but I think Ben Simmons has really been hyped up as this guy who it's like a big dynamic duo with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and it really just it's it's a dynamic one. It's Ben Sim or it's Joel Embiid and then Ben Simmons like playing good defense, which like you can pay like somebody for about a quarter of the price to do the same thing that Ben Simmons is doing at not an elite level, but a very, very good level. Uh, Ben Simmons, like he's in my opinion, he's at a crossroads in his career, kind of like 
you need to figure out what kind of player you're going to be in the future because at this point, you're hurting your – he's literally – if you watch Butler basketball, he's just pulling an Aaron Thompson for the 76ers uh, where he just offers little to nothing on offense besides playmaking. Like, he has the distribution. But uh, the scoring can't just go through Embiid. Can't just, you can't rely on Seth Curry to have – what did he have? 36. Like, yeah, 36. 36. Like, that can't – he can't be your second best player when – you can't have him be your second best scorer, um, especially when you're blowing a – what was their biggest, like, 31 points, I think? It was something yeah, crazy. Like, some regardless, the, the Sixers need to figure it out. Doc Rivers has proven time and again that he's not that good of a coach. He's been riding off the success of that Celtics team that was really didn't need a coach because they had three coaches on the floor at all times. Uh, that's all I'll say about the Sixers. They just, like, I'm just happy that they imploded probably worse than the Bucs did just because 100%. at least the Bucs went up against – Kevin Durant, which is probably the best NBA performance, I've, playoff performance I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I'll go on a little rant there about that. Just the fact that Budenholzer decided after watching Pat Connaughton switch on a pick and roll three times in a row onto Kevin Durant, and then Kevin Durant just pulls up in his face three times in a row. I'm just sitting on my couch just screaming, why is Pat Connaughton still in the game? Why is P.J. Tucker – I get he has five fouls, but why is he out? It's just, And then we put Brooke Lopez in, who instead of just like – guarding him is just like 10 feet back in the paint so like there's like no strategy involved I cannot wait for us to lose tonight and then we fire Bud tomorrow and then Rick Carlisle is the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks the next day that's going to be that that is better than winning the NBA championship because then that's a lock for us to win the championship for the next five years not actually but it's just oh, if you can't tell I'm very frustrated because the Bucks should be so much better than they are you just watch them, and then, like, it just blows your mind that two and a half quarters – or three and a half quarters – or two and a half. I was right the first time. Two and a half quarters, they just looked like the best team in the NBA. And then all of a sudden, you go to iso ball, and the defensive scheme is just, like, changed. It's just – it's so, so frustrating. And I can't wait to watch this game and have a resting heart rate at a, whatever's a really high heart rate the entire game. <laughs> What's a high heart rate? Like 200? Mine's going to be at 500. And then... Boy, we might need a new co-host on shit. Yeah, dude. I'd, it's just this game's taking years off. Or this series is taking years off my life, and it really shouldn't. I'm just happy that this is completely off topic, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, I was in China for the Raptors-Bucks series because would have just that would have been the end of me. I literally couldn't watch any of the games, so... I would just wake up and be like, how the fuck did we just lose that series? We were up to nothing. But at least that I didn't have to watch. This I have this is like forced torture. Like I'm just gonna sit right there <laughs> and just scream at my TV for three hours. It's gonna be so hype. Uh, I should really just do a live stream of that. that it would be, be classic comedy. And then one last thing. How the hell did the Clippers win without Kawhi Leonard last night? Or was it last night? Yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, it was last yeah. night. Tyron Lou. Like you just see that and then like it's just like wow. Kawhi Leonard's out. This is wrapped for the Clippers. They looked awful whenever Kawhi wasn't carrying them. And then all of a sudden, playoff P actually is like a real thing, not a fake thing. And they have like everybody on their – the rest of their team just stepped up. So, shout out to them. I still think it's the Jazz series to lose, assuming Kawhi's out for the rest of the season, which – is that confirmed yet? Or are they like – No, but it, it, it's an point? ACL thing. So, I would guess that he's yeah. done. Even though – also, <laughs> does Joel B just not have a meniscus injury? <laughs> Well, he he does. Like so Tyler. it's like a Dwayne Wade doesn't have. It's like Dwayne Wade played without a meniscus his entire career. Okay, I guess, power. but like it's just but, like 
it's, partially torn, you're kind of playing with fire right there. Well, if Just the nice like, thing that about could it, completely tear, and then you can screw well, up the rest of your name. So the nice thing about the that meniscus though is if it's limited to just that and it's something that they manage let's say he does tear his meniscus and that's it that's not a long recovery yeah, but knowing him true. it'll decapitate his left foot as well yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to two things one since we're on the top of the Clippers shout out Tyloo like I think he deserves a ton of credit for not being super super stubborn with his rotations and kind of opening things up where they needed to uh i wish terrence Mann would have been seeing minutes in the rotation a little bit earlier in both of the series mm-hmm. but once he found out like yo we need to do something different he actually went and did something different and stuck with it and put all the role players into a position to step up you know moving reggie jackson into the starting lineup and having him be the Reggie Jackson that thought he should be starting over Russell Westbrook back when he was in Oklahoma <laughs> City. It's awesome to see that return too. Uh, he's really like they've been getting the most out of their other players. What they've been able to do too is Nick Batum has been awesome for them. They've been mm-hmm. going small and completely neutralizing Rudy Gobert by just simply going five out and maybe getting Rudy on a switch and driving past them or something along those lines. But by going five out against the Jazz, you really do a good job of neutralizing a lot of what they do. Uh, and then the other thing I want to bring up, I want to talk about Giannis really quick. I hate hearing people say he should guard Kevin Durant. Uh, Me too. I'm over it. Think of him as they a center. They said that last year. They said that two years ago with Kawhi. They said it last year against Jimmy Butler. It's just like he got he got Defensive Player of the Year for being a rim protector. Yeah. Why doesn't he plays Rudy outside Gobert? Defense. I don't know why. Why doesn't Rudy go Gobert guard Paul George? Like, that sounds so stupid. That sounds so damn stupid. Because, it, like, Giannis is effectively a center, does not have the post moves. Don't get me wrong. He deserves some credit for the collapse. I remember there was one situation in which he had Harden posted up. You've all probably seen the clip at this point. And Harden waved off a double-team attempt on him, and Giannis settled for a fadeaway jump shot. Stuff like that, he needs to change. However, I think once you get that new coaching staff in there, it'll be good to go. Phoenix, we got to give them a tiny bit of time of day. Uh, they were so good that they're not even worth talking about, I don't think. Uh, that team is nasty. Chris Paul needs to get better soon. He's still got mm-hmm. it. Um, let's do. Would you agree? Would you agree yeah. that if Chris Paul's healthy, they, they should be by far the favorites for the championship? Given where everything is with the injury situations, yeah, like any yes. every other thing. Yep. Like if, yeah. if Chris Paul returns and they have him for at least half of the next series. Yes, I think if if Kawhi was still healthy, I think it would be the Clippers. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think given the certain situation, I do think the Suns have to be the favorite, which is such a I, that's blowing me away that I'm even saying that. A year after, you know, they were the bubble boys. They were about to make it in on that run. And now it's all of a sudden, it's like they are legitimately championship favorites. It's, they're so good. It's ridiculous. I, and they're really, really fun to watch. Like, yeah. They're, I think they're pretty much everybody's team That's not that doesn't have a team in the playoffs. I think they're the easiest team to root for at this point. Yeah. Let's get, agree with that. let's get Chris Paul a championship. I agree. I, I used to hate Chris Paul, but I'm over it. I'm over it. I like him now. One quick thing I want to mention, it's not related to the playoffs, but uh, what an absolute tornado the Pelicans are going through. Oh, my Lord. Fire your coach after one year, which they shouldn't have even hired him in the first place. That was stupid. Everyone knew it was stupid, and they just still did it. 
and then you have Zion where the, it came out that I guess his family like wants him out of New Orleans. And now, while we're recording this, Pelicans could leave New Orleans. New Orleans is viewed as the most likely team to seek relocation after their lease runs out in 2024. That is a terrible two days to be a Pelicans fan. (laughs) Uh, Shout out the athletic for that one. But uh, that was crazy. I saw that. I just got that notification, wanted to bring it up. But I would be very. uh, That kind of like. I kind of want to segue that a little bit. I know we're hitting almost the end, but I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. Where are the top. I don't know because there's I think seven coaching vacancies now. What's what do you think the top three spots are? I think obviously Luca and Dallas should be up there. I think Indianapolis or Indiana, Indianapolis and Boston, and then but then you also have Dame, and then you have Zion. There's a lot like yeah. there's a lot of superstars that like there's a lot of teams with superstars that don't have coaches right now, and I'm assuming the Bucks are probably gonna fire Bud. So that's going to be an eighth. And I think yeah. the Bucks should be by far the like most coveted spot. But if, if you're, I don't know, pretend you're like by far the most coveted coach, where, where would you like, and you had a choice of anywhere that you could coach as of right now, where would you be picking? I think it's closer than you'd expect between Boston and Dallas for me. I'm going, I think I'd, I'm going Boston. Yeah. Just I think their I- roster's constructed a little better and they don't have a dead weight contract of 30 million and it's a year so much more years. flexible there too where you could realistically if you want to trade Kemba you could realistically find a suitor for Kemba it's yeah. not like a Chris Stapp's contract or the Al Horford contract where it would be very hard at this current time what we're recording this to trade that kind of thing so I think that would be one number two I'll go with Milwaukee just because you have a finished product there and it's pretty good finished product oh, well if we're doing Milwaukee I think Milwaukee's number one I think Boston three, would still three stars. I think I think really? Boston would still have the edge over them just because they've got a really good team and they have more flexibility to make it better than a team like Milwaukee might because you have those you know you have your three max slots there you've got everyone got, kind got, of got, situated there. And then number 3 I'll go I'll go New Orleans over Dallas uh yeah but I, it's close. I actually I was going to switch that. Point flip. I I, like honestly you could flip the coin there uh the one thing is, I think there's a lot happening in Dallas, considering they fired everyone in the organization, damn yeah. near, besides Mark Cuban. And not even fired, like, Carlisle left. He agreed to not return, whereas the other two guys got laid off. But I don't think the whole noise about, oh, you know, Luke is going to leave. No, he's not. That won't happen. He, he might be – maybe he's the first superstar to accept the qualifying offer and turn down $250 million on a Supermax. But for whatever reason, I don't think that's going to happen. But Dallas, to me, like, that – there's something more happening there. And don't like yeah. the other jobs too. Indiana, <clears throat> great job opportunity. Orlando, not going to talk about them. Portland, great job opportunity. And the Wizards too. They have a lot of pieces there as well. So it's realistically, you can't go wrong with any of these. And I'm just hoping we get some fresh blood in finally. That would be nice. Yeah, I think it's definitely the most, like, I guess best off season for like a coach looking for a new job. Um, usually it's teams that were absolutely terrible, but these are teams that are right there, but they're just looking for a change of scenery. So um, yeah, I mean, I think you guys mentioned all 
of the top jobs. Um, I definitely think Dallas, there's something going on. Uh, I think Luca's kind of a little wuss baby. Um, I think he's kind of causing a bunch of problems. Uh, he seems like super dramatic and like high maintenance. So, I mean, obviously he's a superstar, but there comes a point where it's like, your coach just resigns out of nowhere because he doesn't want to coach him. Like, I don't know. So yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Let's uh, we're going to wrap up here. We're going to do three predictions here. We'll keep the, uh, these all short. Uh, first one bucks and nets tonight. This one, you'll know the result of, please don't spoil it to us, but uh, bucks and nets tonight, who we got. I'm going to go bucks. bucks. Tonight. Yeah. I think they pulled out at home. I don't think we lose at home. We have a really good home record, which is just – it's going to be so annoying. So I get to be depressed on Sunday instead. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go Bucks too. Uh, also, shout-out Steve Nash. He uh, has actually done a good job in can coach, which is pretty cool, uh, showing that ability because yeah. that bench is dead. Helps when you All have right, a beast other, of a coaching staff. Yeah, it, it does also help a lot. Uh, other two series, uh, Utah and Clippers, we got in that, and then we'll wrap up uh, with – the last series, Hawks Sixers. Uh, this is dependent on Kawhi out. Kawhi, Kawhi out, Jazz, Kawhi in Clippers. I've got the Jazz. I think Paul George is a bitch, and he had one good game. So, yeah. Clippers. I'm still rocking with them. I'll go Clippers, and then the other one, I'll go Sixers. I don't see them dropping two in a row like that if they do good lord is it going to be an explosive offseason for philadelphia because they've had i I believe they've had two games now in the series that came down to the wire that they probably should have won that ended up going the other way i could be mixing that up though with the with the milwaukee series because i know milwaukee had the one uh, no, the last two games Philly has blown. In yes, at the, the last two, the last two Philly has blown at the end, and then even game one they came back and made it a four point game, but couldn't get it done. So, uh, what do you guys think it. about that? It was that? a one possession game. Yeah, it was. I think, I think the Hawks are going to win on a Quavo buzzer beater in Atlanta. <laughs> I do. I, I actually, I like. I just love Trey Young. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with Trey Young. I think this is a great series. It's. I have only watched one game of it, like all the way through. That's but a shame. I know. It's just well, the, the Buck series has ruined basketball for me. I'm going to be honest. I got you. We'll see in the A. Hawks finishing it out next game. Oh. Hawks right. in six. There we go. That is all the time that we have. A little bit on the longer side, but that's all right. Subscribe. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Uh, maybe for an in-person episode, at least three-fourths of the way. So see you all later. Cheers. Later.